0: Lorenzo, and this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T and your T low Tom Fitzgerald, and I'm here with the low and your T Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello, how are you, lovely husband? I'm fine, Fantastic.
1: yes, it's been a very busy week for us, but excited that we're going out to dinner tonight with a friend with some of our friends, and yeah, it's fun now.
0: It's fun now, okay. <laughs> um <laughs> I I have no small talk, no happy talk. I think I'm going to launch right into. We have a bunch of little topics before we get to the finale of House of the Dragon. Also, we got a copy of our book in Spanish and in Español. Um, Espanol, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very the, nice.
1: Very nice to see it in, you know,
0: in our own hands.
1: Yeah, um, I mean it 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 we I still can't believe it. it. It it's it's overwhelming and amazing at the same time. So,
0: agreed. Um so little topics ahead of Our discussion of the finale of House of the Dragon. Let's go first to Leslie Jordan. Oh, I know. Rest in peace, Leslie Jordan, who died suddenly this week, tragically this week, apparently had some sort of medical episode while driving a car, and then the car crashed. And he was killed. Terrible way for him to go, for anyone to go. And just very sad because... um, his profile had become so elevated over the last couple of years because uh his social media presence he became very popular on instagram um over during the lockdown during the pandemic right and it just sort of raised his profile and he's always been a beloved character actor and comic actor um but uh, I think it's kind of interesting that if he hadn't had That elevation of his profile from the pandemic, I'm not sure his death would have been greeted with the outpouring that it... I I mean, like I said, he's always been beloved, but I think a lot of people learned who he was for the first time during the pandemic when he released all these hysterically funny videos. Um, And all I want to say is I don't have some long tribute to him. I don't even... um, I can't even... Uh, give you uh, like a comprehensive listing of his best roles. He's just one of those character actors who has always been on television. And he did a lot. Uh, He did a lot. And um, he's always been on television. He's always been a wonderful presence. He's always been really, really funny. And for myself, the reason I wanted to take a moment and just pay a little tribute to the man is because um, he represents a style of actor, of comic and character actor that barely exists anymore um but for decades it was the only kind of um presence gay men had in entertainment Mm -hmm. which is this you know the sissy storyteller right the sassy funny sissy and um you know back in the day there was paul lind and there was charles nelson riley and there was a whole generation of of gay men mostly closeted or at least not out to the public um who made their careers mostly on television as comedic actors but going even further back this ties into our book Legendary Children because we wrote about um you know the pansy uh craze in the 1920s and how for for two several decades after the 20s you saw a lot of pansy actors as they were known in film at in in the 1930s and the 1940s like i said this was how gay appearing gay acting mm-hmm. uh men could have roles in mainstream Hollywood uh, right. movies and TV shows was to do these very sissy characters. And in some ways, uh, I think post Stonewall a lot of there was a lot of derision towards those types of those actors, but I think we returned to a place where we we now understand that they were operating within a system and that they right. they were actually providing mainstream America a dose of queerness, whether they realized it or not. Um, and, and Leslie is, uh, he's not really of that generation. Leslie was only 67 years old, um, which is young to, to die. But he's also, you know, he's, uh, he's a mid-range baby boomer. And so he was at the tail end of that sort of, um, that sort of phenomenon of these sissy queers. And I said this to you just before the, we flipped on the mics. I was like, I think that, I guess what I want to say is, um, there's no one to replace the him. I can't right. think of anyone on... I mean, there are plenty of flamboyant queer actors out there. Um, but someone like Billy Eichner is not going... And he's not even that flamboyant. Is not going to to pick up this banner. And I'm not even sure that this banner needs to be picked up anymore. It's be- a different generation. Because it's, it's a such a yeah. throwback. Yeah. Now, Leslie was... Um, he had the freedom to play gay men. So he wasn't doing some sort of closeted thing. He w- And he was, he's was he been out, I think, for his entire career. He's been out of the closet for, for like 40 years. So this isn't... It's just that he represented that last bridge mm-hmm. between people like Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Lind and present-day queer comics like, you know, I don't know... Um, Bowen Yang or Billy Eichner or, um, um, you know, various other people who are are picking up that banner, but doing it in a very different way. So I just wanted to say that I appreciated his work. It was funny. It was queer. It was joyous. That was one of the great things about yes. Leslie was that um, he always, always played the sassiest queens. But... He never played like nasty, even when, even uh, Beverly Leslie on on Will and Grace, who was, you know, Karen Walker's nemesis, it's the role he's most known for. Even then, I would not qualify that as a nasty queen. No, it was still funny. He traded a lot of barbs with her, but he wasn't, it was all about her, you know, and she went right back and, you know, that was the joy of watching them together. So, um. And I think it's great that they have they had him in the show on the show because Willing great sort of like uh
1: presented they always talk about Willing Grace as one of the shows that, you know, made gay uh comedies or or gay shows a little more open and right, more right, out right. there for anyone to watch. And I'm glad that they had him right. sort of like paying homage kind of to you right. know, his generation and in what and he had yes, generations exactly. Of people. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I, I I like I said I feel a little sad. I I, sad that he died, but also like I said I don't know that we're going to see those sort of sassy sissies anymore. Um, There's a whole long tradition in gay male uh, comedy um, for these types of characters, but they were bridge and in the in the age of like RuPaul's Drag Race, where uh, full blown drag queens are becoming international superstars, I'm not sure, right. There's a place in the culture for just just sissies, you know, just sissy gay men. Um, and so that's all. I just wanted to pay tribute to one of the last of his breed. Um, I don't think there's many more that are going to come up behind him that are going to do it the same way he did it. Um, and he was beloved. And it's really a shame because he was on a career upswing. He actually released a gospel album last year, which I think is amazing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That. Um, he was on a career upswing. <coughs> Pardon me, and it's a shame that this happened right, right now,
1: yeah, I agree um, and also what wasn't he um uh, doing the the cat show? I never watched the cat show. there's something about I, I don't know what you're talking about. There was a show, and I think he was in it i I don't remember, but anyway i I remember him from Will and Grace a lot, right and I do remember him from other movies and tv shows but primarily willing grace yes yeah. th- he time. was an unforgettable yeah.
0: figure you could yeah. not forget him once you saw him the voice the his stature um and his way with the one-liner he was just uh one of a kind and one of the last of his kind um so here's to you leslie jordan i'm sorry uh, it, it was sad it was really sad to yes, hear this that and very i think sad. yeah If he had gotten, you know, another 10 years or so in the public eye, he would have become even more legendary. He was actually on an upswing. So uh, moving on to Kanye. Oh, dear. Uh, I just feel like, well, we we talked about him once before on this podcast. He's been an ongoing topic for several weeks now. And this is the week where um, finally Adidas dropped him. And uh, yeah, that, and he bragged about him about, about it how that, they would never. Why don't you talk a yeah, bit about it? Yeah, no,
1: that. he was just bragging about it. Like, yeah, well, they'll never drop me. They make a lot of money. They'll never drop me, and you know they did. Pressure, money, and pressure.
0: I uh, don't want to um, over. I don't think anybody who who took their time um, dropping him mm-hmm. after his comments uh, should be praised, uh, or or you know. So, Adidas did something not out of the kindness, not because it was ethical or anything. None of them. None None of them did. Very few of them them did. did. And this is what I said about when he did his White Lives Matter stunt during uh, the Paris shows uh, when he showed up at his own Yeezy show wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. Um, I said at the time, and I still maintain, that his um, affiliation with the fashion industry and the way they support him, it it just speaks very ill of Mm -hmm. the entire industry and slowly but shortly there have been you know Balenciaga dropped him and and um, uh, like i said Adidas dropped him and apparently the Adidas thing was such a blow that it knocked him off the billionaires list he's only worth about 400 oh, wow. and, million and, and now. Gap
1: also i don't know if they belong Gap is yeah.
0: dropping him um
1: and and yeah uh, spotify came out with a statement saying that they think it's horrible what he said blah 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 but they're not gonna drop him no of not course gonna not. drop his Spotify music never drops anything i mean anyway no. um, um but it's interesting to see things happening and i i i think it's 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 healthy uh, because, you know, you have Vogue and he's he's obsessed with fashion and that's the only way you can hit him. It's <laughs> dropping him from every fashion thing. From his obsessions, yeah, yeah. Because he's obsessed with fashion. He's obsessed with the idea that people should uh, worship in the fashion industry, that he's important in the fashion industry, that he has a lot to contribute, blah, 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 uh, which is not true. Uh, you know, the fashion world... Uh, loves anyone who can bring attention to them, um, and, right. and and he has a massive mega. Uh you know, number of people following him and loving him. Right. So, of course, you know, you're going to have Bauman and all these fashion houses uh, loving the, the ham and the Kardashians because of the numbers they can bring. Right. Uh, it's and the all money, about money. money. money yeah, yeah, it's all about the money. Um, and the Kardashians, speaking of the Kardashians, uh, they came out and made statements. But it's interesting because they make statements. It's such a generic, such a basic uh, statement. Um, don't mention him. Don't mention anything. It's just that we support, you know, Jewish people.
0: Okay. But Again, they're protecting their brand. Yeah,
1: they are. Again, it's all about the money.
0: It's all He the, was dropped by his agents. Yes, I believe this the CAA, week. right? Yeah. So, he's taking a hit. Mhm. And um I do not think it will result in a change in his behavior. If anything, I think it'll harden him. And he'll find other, you know, I mean, already, like he was on Tucker Carlson, like the right wing is grabbing hold of him, because I guess when you say you want to kill Jewish people, that's now a right wing uh, thing. Yeah, that's okay, then. Well, you're telling us who you are. I just want to address one thing that came out this week when he started getting dropped by the big names, uh, was that a lot of, there was a lot of rhetoric, and it's, you know, it it's kind of borderline anti-semitic rhetoric which is why i'm calling it out where people were like well you know they didn't drop him when he you know was saying all that stuff about black people but apparently you say something about the jews and it's all over and look i think he should have been dropped by all of these things a lot earlier than when he made mm-hmm. the comment about wanting to go Deathcon con 3 on jewish people but The fact remains is that he, that is a death threat. He said a lot of terrible things up to that point, but he posted a death threat to Jewish people. Right. That, when everyone's like, oh, well, apparently that's the line. Yeah, that is a line. That is definitely a line. A white lives matter shirt is offensive. Saying George Mm -hmm. Floyd died of fentanyl is offensive, but a death threat against an ethnic group that's beyond offensive given their
1: history of you know very well it doesn't
0: even matter i mean it doesn't matter you don't post death threats against entire groups of people that i'm not defending anything i'm not suggesting that he shouldn't have been let go by adidas after the white lives matter thing after the george floyd thing and the various other you know crazy things he said in public But an actual death threat against Jews is, Mm -hmm. that is a line. There's no, and, you know, I feel that that line exists regardless of, I mean, if he had made a death threat against Asian people or something like that, that that should have resulted in just about the same, in exactly the same action. So, um
1: I know. People were saying, well, he's never going to be canceled. I don't think he's. nobody gets canceled.
0: <laughs> Nobody's he ha, he canceled. Has he has plenty of he supporters, He has plenty of supporters. He opened up his yeah. school that people yeah. are paying $15,000 to go. He's yeah. got his Sunday services. He's got his followers. All, all you have He'll to do be is rich go, for the rest of his life.
1: All you have to do is go on social media and you see the support
0: he gets. Yeah, uh, and right. he has
1: billions, not millions, billions of dollars. Not anymore. Well, I guess not anymore. Anyway, he has a lot of money. He has a lot of Uh, money, but he's no longer a billionaire,
0: according to Forbes.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: Um, So, that's all I wanted to say about that. I wish the industry was better. uh, You know, the fashion industry was better about this sort of thing. I mean, look back at John Galliano. How long did it take for them to react to that? It was the same, exactly the same thing. And they, you know, they... Pretty much waited about eight years and they, then welcomed him back time. with open arms.
1: They took their time, and now he's he's now back he's doing back. Stuff. So, yeah.
0: I mean Kanye will be back. Oh, Kanye yeah, will course. be back, and I think he'll be back in the pages of Vogue within the next five years. I really don't think where whatever's happening to him this week is probably not permanent.
1: And I think, as you said, I'm I, sorry I, to I think, say, I think he's just going to get worse. It's just going to harden him even more because he that's the kind of man he is. That's Unless the kind he of gets he is. Um,
0: some medication and some help right uh that is nothing's going to change it's only going to get worse um and i i think the the public and the industries that the various industries who make money off him have got to cut ties permanently yeah this is not a well man and uh he should not have uh the platform that you're right
1: i i do like i do think it's it's a good thing that his lawyers are dropping him everyone is dropping him because nobody wants to be associated with that right so i i think that's healthy i think that that sends a good signal i think right and um yeah and he's not going to but it would be nice if
0: you learned something from this but he's but he won't uh moving on this is neither pop nor style but it is sort of in the zeitgeist and tangentially related to some of our work. So I wanted to talk about the climate protests that have been getting a lot of press in the last couple of weeks where um, uh, it's usually very young people, sometimes no more than 16, 17, 18 years old, who are going into museums and throwing mashed potatoes and tomato soup on them and and on the paintings. And there was one at, at Madame Tussauds where they threw stuff on the royal family, like the wax figure, which I don't even mind about that. But there's all this eruption uh, regarding what is the point of these things um, and why, you know, why would you throw tomato soup at, an art, at a piece of art? And I want to say two things about that. And the reason I to, want to talk about it all, because it is a little bit outside of our purview, is because we wrote, again, this goes back to our book, Legendary Children. We wrote a lot about um, protest culture. Uh, in the in the queer rights movement, going right. all the way back to Stonewall and even before that time, we talked about Act Up in our book and how they would, you know, throw red paint down the steps of of same, of the stock exchange or have die-ins on the in the aisles of St Patrick's Cathedral. And so, my take on these protests is, yeah, they're kind of dumb, but uh protests never seem smart in the moment they never seem well advised in the moment so when i when they were you know throwing step uh red paint on the on the steps of the stock exchange everybody thought that was really stupid right um and what happened is they got the drug companies to eventually lower their prices uh for for aids medications so protest is messy and uh, we can all sit from the comfort of our homes and, and just poo-poo this sort of thing. And and I do want to note here that so far, no pit, no artwork has been destroyed. The 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 artwork that they threw food on and everything was was covered in, in glass and yeah, there was the monet one in germany and i don't think that was covered with the glass but anyway but they said they could fix it they could they said they could fix it and this is a shame in some ways because it means it's going to be harder these museums are going to make it much harder for us to get close to the artwork because of stuff like this i'm not saying these are the smartest protests in the world but given the nature of uh how bad uh things are getting regarding climate change and right. you're a young person you're looking at the world, you're looking at the drought hitting the world right now, for instance, and and you're not seeing a future for yourself. If you're 16 years old, you're thinking that you're not going to make it to 35 or that the world's not going to make it. And that might seem alarmist and might seem like an overreaction. But I think it's perfectly natural for young people to feel that way, that they're inheriting a world that has a very close expiration date on it, and they're scared. So... We can sit in our middle-aged comfort and say, oh poo-poo, that's silly, that's blah, blah, blah. But I actually do support it only because I have supported radical action in the past. Mm-hmm. I have written about we did a piece for the year our book came out in 2020, Pride that year. Uh, it's linked on our site, we did a piece for Vice Magazine uh, about queer protests, about the history of queer protests and the way that queer people threw their bodies in front of things in order to get people to pay attention to queer rights or the AIDS crisis or whatever. Um, You know... That's why it's called radical action. That's why it's called protest. It's not supposed to be nice. I mean, I think we have this idea in the modern day that protest is politely carrying signs and walking in a straight line back and mm-hmm. forth in front of something. And sometimes protest is about smashing windows. Sometimes protest is about uh, public vandalism or destruction of property. I do not want to see classic artwork dis- destroyed. I am not suggesting that. And there, there, I'm not without any criticism for this because... When you talk about something like ACT UP, they went after the Catholic Church, they went after the drug companies, and their protests were literally geared towards those things. So when they, pro- when they protested at St. Patrick's or at the Stock Exchange, it was very clear why they were hitting these, these places. I'm sorry, Monet has nothing to do with climate change, and neither do the museums that, that hold these artworks. So right. they are they are using this artwork as a staging but they're not actually pro like go i guess it doesn't make sense to throw you know tomato soup at exxon or you know who you know whatever but or you know you know microplastics or whatever it's easier to just find something and throw food at it
1: well the 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 statement they made is that they, they we care more about artwork than our planet or something like that that we take m- more right. care <clears throat> Uh, we protect our art, you know, uh, more than we protect the planet. Some, some, some stuff like that. I, I think it's dumb to go after these artwork. Uh, I think it's, yeah. I mean, it, it, I it Just show dumb. you that it, 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 yeah. And if you're young and you care about your planet, but clearly you don't care about uh, other things, and you should, um, you know, his, their argument history, is that the artwork's artwork. not
0: going to survive any more than the planet's going to survive. So why are we, you know?
1: Well, then let's just wandering around with no history or geography or no sense of anything. And, you know, under a a beautiful green tree and, and eating apples. So let's just do that. Okay. Um, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. You can do those things. You can, right. Uh, you can call attention to things without having to destroy other things. I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Um, it's not like they, you know, when we protested, uh, during the eighth crisis that we were in the, in the church, you know, we were in the church. I know, but we were not burning it down. No. Uh, that's my point. You know, we were not throwing tomato at whatever the artwork in the church. Um, that's my point. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very against it, but I think there are other ways you can get the attention without necessarily destroying things because it, because what happens today is things are way more uh, advertised, more published, more featured. You know, with social media, that's why everyone knew about it. Right. That's right. why I know about all these cases, the uh, Monet, the Van Gogh and all that. Right. Uh, we're more informed of what's out there. And that's what they want. And But that also causes people to uh, see and react and repeat. So we're going to see a lot more
0: of those actions. I, I agree. And I... I I'm not sure there's a lot of actionable uh, outcomes that are going to come out of this, you know, uh, throwing soup at a painting is not going to get Exxon to do anything, you know, about how they do business. It's not really going to get any politicians on board to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, um, it's an old protesting tradition of simply causing disrupting shit, to, to gain attention. That's literally all they're doing. And there is a precedent for this going back to the freaking Boston Tea Party right. in this Disrupting. country. So I just let me. Okay, go ahead. Disrupting and destroying are two different things. Well, they haven't destroyed anything yet. And if they do destroy a precious piece of artwork, I am going to. I'll be the first to say that right. that was ill-advised. Um, I don't think they should continue doing these museum things i don't think they're going to be allowed to actually i don't even know how they get into these museums with big pots of mashed potatoes to i know be i know i don't I know. even know how they I do guess that
1: they, well you're allowed to bring your bag which which is the thing that you, they're not gonna their museum should stop that They yeah. you should check your bags that's what you should do check your bags i agree um I if remember, you want to look
0: at precious artwork you can't bring a right. backpack in with you. i
1: remember but that i can't remember right now, but I remember going to museums in Europe and they actually opened your bag to see what, what was in it. Uh, Didn't they do that at the Met I think this they summer do, when yeah. we went? I
0: uh, guess. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so I, they should be more careful. I just want to say that I think it's a complicated issue, uh, that there was a long history of disruptive protests in this country and in other countries, and that have... There's also been a long history of those protests being... Um, celebrated 20 to 30 years after mm-hmm. they actually happened um but in the in the time of the protests, it was as vilified as these protests are right now i, do- I think these are ill-advised yeah. i think mm-hmm. they are pointing themselves in the wrong direction but i on principle alone i do support the idea of these sorts of disruptive protests otherwise there's no point to protesting if you're just going to be polite about it
1: right Go ahead. I, no, I agree. And I, and they do have a point. I'm not saying they don't. That, you know, we care more about certain things than others. I, I agree. I, I do. They do have a point. But I just, I mean, there's, yeah. Anyway, someone who's very attached to history, like I am. <laughs> uh, someone who loves museums and art and all that. And I appreciate that it's out there for anyone to see, you know, for several generations. I, I have a problem with that.
0: I've completely understand that and as someone who uh and i you know we're whatever i'm not i'm not sitting in opposition to you no on no, this at all not. but as someone who wrote a lot about protests uh in in queer rights in the history of queer rights i recognize what it is they're doing and i feel like i would be a hypocrite if i supported if i speak lovingly of act up and stonewall but If I denounce this, then Mm -hmm. I I do feel like I'm being a hypocrite. So I will say, I support what they're doing. I support the idea of what they're doing. I support the idea of being disruptive uh, in the name of uh, climate change awareness. But I think attacking these museums is not the... It's just... It's not... The the museums are not the ones that are causing this problem. And um, all you're going to do... And when one of you does wind up destroying a piece of precious artwork... Do you really think the public's going to support you on that? Go after the villains. That was the idea of things like ACT UP. You went after the villains. Uh, That was the idea of the Black Lives Matter movement. You were going after law enforcement because you felt that they were um, fascists. Uh, But attacking artwork because of climate change, it's a very, very muddled message. And um, as much as I support protest, I think I wish these, these kids would... Regroup and figure out what the next.
1: Regroup and rethink.
0: <laughs> Re- yeah, regroup, rethink, and figure out what the next tactic is because uh, you're not going to be allowed into museums with your mashed potatoes no. anymore. No. Okay. <laughs> House of the Dragon.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, I'm still thinking about this. Finale. Season finale. Yeah. Uh
0: the first season. Um, I don't have. I don't have many complaints except for the one I made on Twitter that night, mm-hmm. which um you know what let's go with you let you instead of me going off on one of my tangents let's start with you tell well, tell me what you thought of this episode how it ended whatever
1: i thought it was a great episode um you know now now i'm used to the dark episodes where you can't see anything <laughs> so you get used to the lighting and all that and uh, i do appreciate the episode very much for um it was interesting because last episode I was like, "Where, where, where's the other side of the family? They don't know about his death. They don't know anything." So this this episode was about them finding out that the king was dead, mm-hmm. reacting to it, and at the same time, another birth. Jesus Christ, how many births?
0: It wasn't a birth, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: anyway, someone you know. Uh, so and and it's this. It's very interesting. I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know much about it. But it's interesting. This obsession with giving birth and and going through hell you know, giving birth at the time, as I always say, um, it's interesting. It's an interesting, uh, part of the whole story and it ties up a little, obviously. Um, but it's interesting that she, you know, went through this again and, and uh, apparently it's her, because, you know, I lost count because he keeps changing the time, keeps changing. He's her sixth, uh, kid, right? a sixth child.
0: I think so. I, think I don't so. even know.
1: Um, it's her sixth, I believe, um, and um,
0: so he was. And again, in t- I would have to ask why a character like that is having so many children, but I'll get to that.
1: Yeah, that that's interesting. Um,
0: she's a ruling. She's a regnal queen, a regnant queen. She is going to take the throne and rule. She has an heir, a spare, and a spare. I I understand that you're hot for your uncle and you want to make babies with him, but you also watched your mother die of childbirth. You. Have had difficult births yourself. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Um, and it was sort of the same thing with Alicent. And I guess it's because we've been in the Game of Thrones world. we were in that world for eight seasons. And yeah, there were a lot of there weren't that many stark children though. It just doesn't seem... I would need an explanation why um, powerful, privileged women in a feudal system like this are having so many pregnancies. When the, it's all, also been well established that pregnancies are deadly, like I mean, I know in the real world, but uh, these women had options like I just don't get it I don 't get why Allison had so many children, I don 't get why Rainiera had so many children, and I would love would have loved some sort of you have this dual thing where you're talking about how dangerous it is. It was in the first episode where royal wombs, her mother told her before she got killed, giving birth. Um, and they, it's been a theme again and again and again of women having difficult childbirths or dying in childbirth. So explain to me why these two women are so fecund. Like, why are you uh, just having so many children in a system like this where you actually don't need to have so many children? Now, I, I get it. I get that um, there's not a lot that they can do to control pregnancies, and although they already established that there's an abortion tea in this world. So... It was just one of the many things where if they hadn't had done so many time jumps, I could have gotten a better handle on why certain characters act the way they do. And this is not a big thing in in my mind. But the story does hinge on succession and childbirth and women dying in childbirth. So I think it might have been a good idea. to, Like, maybe they both felt they had to have a lot of children. Maybe there was some sort of, you know whatever anything that would explain this to me a little bit better in this right. system mm-hmm. anyway I, no,
1: I agree i agree i i, I agree uh, uh, i think um, it again as you said because we didn't spend a lot of time with these characters like damon's uh, ex-wife died and it was so fast that we barely had right any time to understand why you know right and and, and now again another death um so yeah it 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 it's confusing and, and it's asking too much of the viewer to... To know, fill
0: in all these blanks to, yeah, all the I time. Agree. It was, you know, every character decision and action, I, I wind up having to fill in certain blanks. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Rhaenyra's decision this, this episode to send her sons off. Oh my God. Out into a world where she knows that they know, have I targets on their that. backs. This was not explained at all. Not only that, but there's a goodbye scene where she's just like bucking them up and straightening their collars and now go, go make me proud. And I'm like, well, why is she acting like they're not? she's not putting them in danger? Why? Right, right. So we have to buy that she is just astoundingly naive. And I don't understand why I was supposed to buy that.
1: Um, she was so determined to be the queen and we know that we saw that previously. Um that I don't understand why all of a sudden she she's worried about everybody else like she's worried what was about. Was the same how thing every,
0: with Allison last season, last episode,
1: right? Uh, it's just this whole thing, and then they the they brought up, up the page of of the book. Remember, uh, and that was just like really, it, it was would that even matter anymore? You know, like oh okay, we were friends, and remember this page, this book well, page. Um, I don't know. It's just it feels forced. Uh, Trying to make us believe and
0: understand that, think that, oh, okay, well, they, they, you know, they're not that bad. Um, there's when you, I don't do the behind the scenes stuff, but I, you know, the videos and and the podcast for the episode, but um, there have been interviews with the writers, the showrunners, and the actresses themselves, uh, Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy. <clears throat> Pardon me, where it's very clear that uh, they. They had this goal of adding nuance to the story. Like uh, George R. R. Martin's story is uh, the the original um, Dance of the Dragon story is supposed to be told. Uh, it is refer. It is told to the reader through Meister's records, so it's not considered. A hundred percent reliable, and the show the writers on this show have have made it their uh mission to sort of take a story that was very basic and 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 with very clear villains all around and try and add some nuance to it and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't um, so I really kind of lost it when Amond uh allison's second son with it uh, was on you know that gigantic dragon i can't remember the name of his dragon uh kill v- Vhagar, right k- Vagar kills uh lucaris um uh rhaenyra's second son and it's presented as oops I-, I didn't mean to uh even though he's he's like he even though he's threatening to kill him even right. though he's running him down on a on he a chased dragon him, yeah. he chased him and then It's supposed to be, they insert this, oops, I lost control of my dragon. No, you were running this kid down. You had every intention of killing him. Why is the story putting these things... They're so afraid of making these people look too, too bad. Um, It was the same thing with Allison. Like, why can't Allison just be... Um, maybe a little power-hungry, maybe a little scared for her children, and she's willing to do... But no, she had to be, you know, have second thoughts and let's send a note to Rhaenyra. And this is not how you were portrayed. You were going after her with a knife at one point. Um, one of her kids took out the eye of one of your kids. And and your father has been telling you since you were a little girl right. that she's it's, going to kill you and clearly a war. <laughs> so why do we have to yeah. make these characters... And then it was the same thing with Rhaenyra where it was just... Rainier and her restraint and and okay but i don't understand why she's showing restraint i mean why why um when she knows she's in tremendous danger they've already mounted a coup in king's landing she knows her children are in danger why why are you being so gentle in your response to this and sending your sons out in the I world know. i don't with what a, with a little dragon yeah, on a he's little on a tiny dragon. little tricycle okay. of a dragon. <laughs> oh my god, a tricycle of a dragon. <laughs> it's I don't I do really enjoy the show, but I think sometimes they're so unwilling to just let the bad people be bad people. Right. Um and and a related note, I had a laugh, but but I've been saying this all season long. About how the response to this show is people are taking sides, but in order to take sides, you have to just sort of pretend that the person you're supporting didn't do terrible things. So there was this huge outcry on social media um, between all the Damon and Rhaenyra shippers, which, okay, they're... Their uncle and niece <laughs> I mean cosmopolitan did a piece this week about how incest is hot now because of the show oh, I mean no, yes, oh my God no yes Dear God. I mean fine, do your shipping I don't care, not my thing, but he choked Ra when she talked to him yeah. about which I thought was a really interesting scene where she realizes that
1: she can trust she's him. the
0: only one who knows what this I mean this is another reason why Viserys was an idiot. She is literally the only one who knows about the prophecy that, that her father that, you know, is why she's pursuing the. And I thought it was interesting her realization that um, her father never told Damon. Never
1: told. He had no, no idea.
0: Which obviously pissed him off, but I think it really solidified things for her where she was like, oh, I really am the queen. Like, I am right, the right. queen because nobody knows why. But all these um, shippers were upset that he choked her. And how could you do domestic violence on this show? You've really crossed the line. He killed his first wife. And then their their response to that was, yeah, but he didn't love her. He oh loves Rhaenyra. Yeah. And it's just like, she oh, god, sweetie, no, you I do can't. not understand abusers at all no. if you think that's how it works. Damon is not a good guy as much no. as you think he, as, much as, as hot as you think he is with his niece or whatever. And I'm, I'm even fine with rooting for him after he cut off... Um, the the valerian brothers right, Ed, right. you were like okay i kind of like damon now i mean that's the point of the story is that everyone's kind of awful but you have these moments where you sort of you know root for one person over another person and that sort of thing but i have no uh illusions that everybody in this story is pretty bad right uh, the show really wants to make it seem like oh you know right oh this is what i want to say about um the behind-the-scenes stuff, they all talk about, and and the two actresses said this week, Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook said in the, in an interview this week, ultimately it's the story of two people trying to get back to each other. Like, they really... They're they were the, told that. <laughs> they're telling the story yeah. of two friends, and this is kind of the other thing where it just sort of feels like the show was... They, they're trying to take a very woman-centered approach to this story, which they should, Uh, Because it's about women Mm -hmm. rulers, because it's about um, pregnancy and childbirth and all that sort of thing. Uh, I think it's great, especially since Game of Thrones did not take a woman-centered approach. But they are taking a woman-centered approach, and I think they're falling into a trap of making the two women at the center of it, oh, they're just being pushed and pulled by the men around them. It's just forces around them are causing... It's okay to let these two women be power hungry be or, to have, yeah. or to have their yeah. own agendas that aren't simply, you know, more powerful men Forty pushing the them into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. It's like every bad thing that is attributed to Allison, you can point to a man in her life and say, "Well, actually it was Lara Strong who did that," or "Actually, it was Sir Kristen Cole," or "Actually, it was her father." And she remains somewhat untouched even as she's mounting a coup, you know? Um so I do have a problem with how the show is trying to hedge its bets with all of these characters instead of just letting them all be bad. I mean, when you look at a show like Succession, which is very popular, no one on that show is a good guy. They're all yeah. horrible people. They're and horrible the people and love that show. Yeah, yeah. So why not just do that with this show? Like, let let Allison, I mean, granted, that final shot of Rhaenyra, where she turns and looks at the camera after she finds out that her son has been killed, I think. They're gonna unleash her next season I hope to I hope yeah. so because the story goes in some really dark places and I really don't want this story to be all about two good girlfriends who just got pushed around by all those nasty men in their lives like that's a little simplistic it's just a little right uh, it makes the entire story less interesting for me
1: and I I, I agree I agree and the whole thing was I was very upset because I Felt bad for the for the dragon. Felt bad for the kid. Felt bad for the whole thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's I don't brutal. understand how she didn't see that coming. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on, really? Um, it, it was very naive and very yeah. It was just silly. I was really annoyed with her. Uh, and this occurs
0: after she tells Otto High Tower to fuck off. Like right. What did you, I just don't get it. I just, I understood that you needed allies. They had long discussions around that table about how they needed allies.
1: And then she doesn't want to rain, like
0: burn everything down to the ground. Well, I think that was a reference to Daenerys who actually did almost burn everything down. Um, But I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. Like they did that with Daenerys and I guess it was successful where for like seven seasons you thought she was the heroine. And then in season eight, it turns out she was not there when she was the problem all along. Uh, And I guess they're sort of taking a page from that book where they just want to make like, uh, I mean, I'm not giving anything away, but things are going to take a really dark turn in this story and no one gets covered in glory. So I think, I guess early on, they just wanted to make you root for For someone. Yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know. I'm already rooting for Rhaenyra, but I don't actually have to think she's a good person. Right. Um, I don't think Damon's a good person. I thought Vizaris was an idiot. I think Allison. And- Yes, she's being pushed and pulled by forces around her, but she's also not a good person.
1: No, I, I'm not rooting for anyone. I'm, I'm I'm more like interested in how people act, perform. You know, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like the actors. I the like the story. The great. Yes. I, I don't care about, you know, whether you, you were a nice person or not. I'm, I'm never attached to that kind of
0: thing when I watch anything. The people are trying to do but that they, with this oh, show. I see and that
1: in, on social media. Like,
0: well, I'm trying here to have someone to root for. Why? Just pick someone. Right. And you don't have to like, like right. I said, I'm rooting for Rhaenyra, but I know she's terrible. Uh, I know any Targaryen would be bad on that throne, um, but whatever, you know, and maybe at some point I'll switch allegiances and say Alicent, you know, is the one I'm rooting for, right. whatever. Uh, although, I, as I pointed out before, Alicent's children are all horrible, and um, Rhaenyra's children are all wonderful. I know this is what i mean about kind of stacking the deck and well uh, one and one is gone (laughs) but they're all wonderful they're good boys and even damon's two daughters good girls just nice and supportive and every one of allison's children is either fucked up or just an asshole right um Again, sort of a stacking the deck sort of thing. We'll see. We'll see where this goes down the line. I'm
1: excited for the new season. I hope they have more time outside (laughs) that we can see.
0: Well, I do think the story does eventually go to Winterfell and and Casterly Rock and places like that. Because
1: I I read a lot of complaint about the show being inside the castle the whole time, inside, you know, dark, in a dark room the entire time.
0: That just gives me an opening to address something about, we never went back to doing a costume post and this, we did too early in the season and i have been struggling with this all week because uh two things i'm just trying to be open about what our decisions are and and what holds them up um the days of like doing mad style recaps where we would take 100 screen caps of an episode where i cried for hours (laughs) are long past us not because it's a lot of work although it is an insane amount of work but because um you know there 's legal issues involved, and a lot of networks and and um, you know producers and stuff like that they don 't like to see their entire thing uh, mm-hmm. out on, and we have gotten a season to zest on these sorts of things in the past, um, so we don 't want to do a, a bunch of screen caps so what we 're relying upon for these costume posts what we have been relying upon are the Promotional pictures that HBO puts out for each episode and they are extremely limited and pretty much since they went into the time shift and they recast the older actresses. This is why we haven't done one since the older actresses were cast. The show got literally darker. So that the pictures are all really, really dark and you can't see anything. And they're not really taking a lot of full-length shots or or, or ways that you can see that. So I we're stuck with, like, I have a folder with, like, 30 promotional pictures from the last five or six episodes. And maybe eight or nine of them are, you get a good look at the costume. And it's not enough. It's not enough to write a whole post around it. So, um I may, I got a couple more days in this week. I'm going to try and figure it out, but I can't guarantee we're doing another costume post. For those reasons, we are legally, you know, prevented more or less from taking uh, excessive screen caps and the actual pictures that we have, they just aren't giving us what we need to do a costume analysis. So, and also I got to admit, the costumes have gotten better as the series has gone on, but in terms of analysis, it's all become very easy to parse like you don't need me to tell you that everyone in allison's family is wearing green and everyone in my family is wearing black and red it almost seems silly to bother to even bother pointing that out because the whole story hinges on this so writing a whole post quote-unquote analyzing it would just seem a little self-important and a waste of time anyway but I do love the costumes; they have improved tremendously. Um, they have gotten better,
1: and I, like I said, I'm excited for the new season. Um, I hope that since things in, in terms of the pandemic are a little better, so that they can they can go out and do some, you know, outside shots and I agree. I 18s. hope that
0: well, they um, I know that they were talking about the um, they use that big like 360 screen to do a lot of the... Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, And there's been a lot of criticism that those shots... A lot of the Dragonstone shots, they use that that screen, and it it looks like they're standing in front of a screen. Yeah, yeah. It does not look like they're standing it outside. It
1: did, it like did. Uh, during the finale, there's a scene where Damon is... I guess he's singing or doing whatever he's doing with the dragon and the oh. dragon is right behind him. And you're like, all right, this looks like a 1940 or 50 movie Yeah, right yeah, yeah. where where they're driving and you see the background. <clears throat> anyway, it was just very obvious.
0: But I, I have enjoyed this season a lot. If I had to, I would reluctantly say that, yes, it was better than The Rings of Power. Mm, um, interesting. I i really love the rings of power i don't really have any complaints about it but i do think right now uh house of the dragon has better acting and um a more nuanced Mm -hmm. story to tell um but that's fine i've said all along i'm glad that both of these shows exist and that they're giving us different versions of essentially the same style of story um so but right now I have to say that the, just on the acting alone the this cast is just they're good red hot those those two lead actresses those are, are insane great. Um,
1: you know everyone is great and uh, I I appreciate that especially yeah. when you're young and you know you're gonna spend some time with that actor right you know you, you wanna make sure that person can act
0: right so I can't wait for it to come back and we'll be back uh, next season with more recaps yes. and more costume posts when it does come back and I believe we're done for the week. Yes, we are. So we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses, or crosses our desks. Until then, take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye.